Hey guys, I made mac and cheese. Uh, Matthew F. Geiger said it's really good for you. Uh, I mean, I love Geiger, but he's like 400 pounds. I don't know if I'm going to take dietary advice from him. Well, I mean, I, I brought hot sauce, if that helps. That does help. We'll have a bowl. Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. I'm your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek, and this is our review of Hawkeye, episode five, titled Ronin. I am joined by the mad scientist Brian Banner and the American hero Nate Thurmond to review this episode as we do all of our TV episodes using the four Bro Four Squad criteria, which is the acting, the story our favorite scene, and then our favorite, the theories and questions that we have going forward. All right, Nate, I'm going to go to you first because one of our favorite words is penultimate. And this was the penultimate episode, at least of season one of Hawkeye. Which, and aside, I do think it's cool. I don't think a single Disney Plus MCU series, they've ever told us it's getting a second season until like the last episode has premiered. So we have no idea where Hawkeye will end up. Mm -hmm. uh, having said all that and knowing all that, uh, the performances here, again, no real new characters until the end. And we are going to spoil uh, the whole episode for you. But who stood out, good or bad, in Hawkeye Episode 5? Um, I, I think the person who was a newcomer, obviously saw, saw them in the last episode. I think this will be high on everyone's list. But um, Florence Pugh, Yolanda, um, really stood out in this um obviously a great scene which we'll probably get into later with her and kate bishop um but really drove that scene and really drove the episode um and, and kind of pushed it into the direction to where we see it's really going um but it was great having her back in in the mcu um and then seeing kind of her backstory and getting back into why she's doing what she's doing um to a limited extent um but i think she really brought a lot to this episode um in in the acting and i thought it was really cool seeing her in there and bringing humor in bringing some seriousness in um and seeing how she's kind of a, a little bit different character now that she's not brainwashed um from the events of black widow yeah, and I love her in everything. She's It's great to have her as Yelena in this role, and it's interesting to me and kind of fun because she is a Black Widow, but to see how different but also kind of similar she is from Natasha. Like, mm -hmm. their interrogation tactic is kind of similar in the sense that it's like, I think I used the reference last week. It, it feels sort of like uh, Landis in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Where he, he sort of sits there and fake befriends you for... 10, 15 minutes to kind of lull you into this tense but uh, false sense of security. Should have does the same thing with Kate, albeit not as menacingly. Um, and then one other person that I want to mention just briefly, 
In his very short scene in this, Tony Dalton, again as Jack Duquesne, continues to cement how he is the, I'm just going to say it, man, I'm the most interested of any character in this show as to what the fuck is going on with Jack. Like, even him getting arrested, he does not act the way any human being should act in that situation, and I'm just like, and then they pull him off screen and we don't see him again, I'm like, fuck, I always want more of this guy. I've obviously been framed. We'll sort this all out at the police station, darling. Like, no one acts like that when they get around. That sounds like me being kicked out of, a, like, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Like, yeah, I think it's it's a, a testament to, I think what you and Banner had said in some previous episodes is that, like, you hate this guy so fucking much, which means he's doing a great job at playing the right. character that he's designed to play. Um, but, yeah, the, a great call out there um, because he's just – cool common collected even though he may just be doing the most shady shit behind the scenes right banner how about you i i feel like and obviously i don't have any statistics to back this up but this was the least action oriented episode we've had so it really was kind of that main scene in the middle which we'll get to in story but the the actors here had a little bit of a heavier load to carry than in previous episodes yeah i mean i i'm gonna piggyback off what nate said first i absolutely love florence Pugh in this uh, as this character, I, I I actually think I might be in love with that Russian accent that she does. I, think I was gonna she, I was gonna jump into this later. Did her accent get a little thicker? It feels like it. It, it yeah. feels like it. it. It felt like it had a little more viscosity. Yeah. <laughs> Not mad about <laughs> some it. some liquid to it. <laughs> uh, but the way that she's just so badass and calm, cool, and collected. Uh, really, any time that we see her. She is always in control of what is going on. Um, And I think that when you have a character that we weren't even introduced to until after Endgame, um, and a a pretty big character in in Black Widow, showing her blip away and her reaction to coming back, uh, I think that was kind of the best performance of a blipped person coming back that we've had yet. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, and we'll talk about that scene too. Fucking awesome scene, by the way. Yep, great open. But somebody else that I know that we've talked about in the past is Aliqua Cox. I believe that's how you say her name. uh, Who plays Maya Lopez? Uh, Being that she was born deaf, obviously, and this is just her normal life. Her facial acting is second to none. I've been so impressed with everything. She can do all the the fight scenes, that end scene, or that fight scene she had with uh, Ronan. She she, she did awesome. Her her facial expressions and how she can convey the exact same things that the other actors can do using words, she can do without the words. Very, very impressive. And even more impressive that she has to act alongside an actor allegedly named Fra Fee, who's playing Kazi, because... Frothy sounds like the name of an ogre that requests a password for you to cross the bridge, not someone who's been in four episodes of Hawkeye. But that guy's actually done a pretty good job, too. He's so. done a yeah, – yeah. What I, I said, he was like uh, caffeine-free Diet Coke Zero Kit Harrington. I think that's mm-hmm. what I called him the other day. Yeah, I could see that. And yeah. he's he's actually uh, Irish. Is, is Kit Harrington really? just from the uh, – is, is he British? I mean, yeah, I think he's just British. He's not Irish, which I actually think his wife might be Irish, though. So His his wife is super Irish. 
Super Irish. Super Irish, okay. Super With Irish. the red hair and everything. Everything. All right, uh, you guys ready to move on to story plot? Let's, Let's get it. it. All right, the story, according to IMDb, the synopsis reads, a fallout nearly derails their partnership, but Kate makes a discovery that changes everything. And then that plot synopsis, Kate doesn't really make the discovery. Someone just fucking She's tells it to her. Hold this, right. This um, but really, unless I'm missing something major, <clears throat> the episode has the opening uh, prologue, which is Elena's story sort of after Black Widow happened, and obviously the blip event and her kind of having her crazy realization moment, and then Kate interrogating being interrogated by Yelena, and then it ends with the reveal that Eleanor, Kate's mother, is working with Kingpin and was the one who hired Yelena. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, some big revelations here. Maybe n- nothing, like, mind-blowing, because we've definitely had our suspicions, but now we have basically the proof that we need that some of the characters that we thought it were nefarious are, although we don't know the full extent of their plan. So... Brian, I think this episode leads perfectly into the finale in terms of letting us speculate, and, but giving us enough information to where, all right, we can see enough of where this uh, series is going. So now I don't feel like we're being strung along. Yeah, I mean, this this episode just fell right in line with the other ones where, where everything is coming to a head. And and that head is, Clint's been telling us what that head is going to be the, the entire season, right? Like, hey, we don't want this guy to get involved. If we keep doing guy. this shit, the big guy is going to get involved. The big guy's involved. So them putting all the pieces together so that they can knock him down in that next episode, uh, again, flawless job. I think to this point, obviously my opinion could change drastically with what they do in the finale, but to this point, I think this might be my favorite – nah, maybe not my favorite, but the – most well-executed uh, Disney Plus MCO show that we've had. And we're starting to get a pretty large sample size now, right? Yeah, and I think I agree with what you're saying. I think you said it really well. Uh, the most well-executed, because I'll still stand by the fact that Loki is has the biggest implications going forward for the MCU. But just in and of itself, I think this has been the most well-executed. So I definitely agree with that. It's just been paced really well, like... It's it's sort of like the the person who's very even keeled, right? It's it's doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. It's just it's very very steady and all, but always interesting, which has been great. Um, and this episode too, I think it is. I've been kind of saying this the entire time, but it is to me kind of reassuring in a lot of ways that we know, and I think we pretty much have confirmation with who they revealed when they revealed Kingpin at the very uh, end of the last episode. That the finale here is like there's not going to be some bait and switch where this is like some massive monumental story like where a portal opens up and the Chitari come back or something crazy. They are dealing with a member of the criminal underworld, a high up one in the kingpin who's been pulling the strings here. Like it's not any larger than that. And it doesn't need to be for us to still feel stakes. I don't think I want it to be. Yeah, I don't either. With, with that being said, I still feel like Val may be at the top of the pyramid. Yeah, I think let's save that if you can for theories. Yeah. I've, yeah. Got, I've got a good theory on that, I think. Because I also don't know what the watch is, so I guess maybe the watch could end up having some large implications. Still, yeah, still some mystery um, around the watch. Um, 
but yeah, I think overall this episode, yeah, paced out really well. Um, it, it, the one gripe I will have, it was weird. Like the opening scene, loved it. Great. Answering one of our questions from the last episode. Did Yolanda get blipped? She did. Um, may have some significance in Natasha dying. Um, if she got blipped, didn't yep. feel like she had anything to live for at that time. Only had one family member, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it went into a recap and then went into the show. That was kind of a weird format Transition. that they went. I don't, it was weird. When the recap started, I do this a lot of times. I'm like, oh, we haven't done this yet? Because like you're yeah. so deep into the narrative at that point. Yeah, I know. Right? That was like a, such a huge intro or cold open, if you will. Um, that was like, oh, we're, we're doing a recap now and then getting into the episode. Um, but yeah, um, great scenes that can really support themselves throughout the episode. Well, I'm sure we'll get into those next. Um, and then, yeah, just some, some more plot thickening with relationship between, uh, Eleanor and Jack still up in the air, still confused about that. Yes. May get into that in theories. Um, but yeah, overall we're, we're getting some progression. Got King Peng brought in. I honestly thought when that picture was going to be shown, I think I talked to maybe Horns and, and Banner about this off pod, but I thought Val may be in that picture yeah. just because we had the background from um, the after credit scene in Black Widow when obviously Val was the one who verbally told Yolanda about it. Um, so that hierarchy is still to be to be seen. But um, yeah, overall really great and really excited um, to see where the, the last one ends up. And as Horns was saying, the, the penultimate episode stood up to its name. Have look, I hate to rag on someone's interior decorating, but when Yelena blipped away and came back, I mean the changes that that former Black Widow made to the bathroom. Wow. With, with the wallpaper. I Who mean, did what, they hire? Give what me are number. We, what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> Jesus, that green just. Oh my God, it's atrocious. I get that half the world blipped away, but like, let's. Keep some sanity with the way we're. If thinking. anything, good colored paint should be more available now. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's probably at a better price. Exactly, that is the weirdest logic we've ever used. <laughs> it makes total sense. All right, moving on to best scene. Nate, we'll go to you. You first. Um, I I know which one one of you is going to pick. Um, and I think that may stick out as just our overall one. So. This may just be an honorable mention that I'm going to throw up, but I'll take this as my best scene. It was a very short scene, um, but it was Clint's touching moment when he went to oh, the I had that too. Yeah. Battle, battle in New York. Well, shit. Well, that's all of ours, but you're going to have to take something else now. It's not my best uh, scene, but it was definitely a – Up there. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. Man, such – I mean, seeing Clint get – that vulnerable again um he kind of got that way in the apartment scene last episode episode before with kate talking about natasha but um going to the memorial and i, I think it kind of hit home for a lot of people um because the battle in new york i think you get a lot of correlation with the 9-11 attacks in new york um i think a lot of people mm -hmm. can make that connection you get that you get those feels inside you and seeing him break down, disconnect from the world by taking his earpiece out, can't hear anything. It's just him and her and really having that moment and feeling remorse and regret because he knows he's about to go back to Ronan um, and really connecting and just saying ultimately, hey, you know it. I know it. I miss you. Um, but, man, it really hit you. It really hit you hard. And 
seeing him get that vulnerable and Jeremy Renner like getting that emotional and fuck he did a great job and in just that short amount of time. And just the <clears throat> kind of the concept, like obviously him having the hearing aid has created a lot of issues in his life and in the show. But the the way that he kind of takes it out, just to sort of be alone with his thoughts and speak to Natasha, yeah. I thought was a really cool use of it in that scene. But yeah, yeah, I had that as probably my honorable mention because I think that's, again, one of the great things about these uh, Disney Plus shows is they can give us character moments with these guys that they like. That might be something that if this was a, a two and a half hour movie, you might have to cut that two minute scene. Yeah, 100% it would have been good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is tough to say. Brian, what was your favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene, which I, th- I think this is obviously got to be your guys, but it's the it's the mac and cheese scene, right? Yes. Um, the first off, it's, it's mac and cheese and hot sauce. I mean, do I need to say more? It's fucking delicious. Banner literally I really had this before the pod. <laughs> I literally ate mac and cheese and hot sauce like. We had to, we had to push the pod start time back a little bit because I had the hiccups, <laughs> little 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 heavy on the sauce that time. But uh, aside from that, I think this is the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, that we have a more or less a hero in Elena calling out the Avengers and saying, "Yeah, sure, they saved the world, but does that resolve them of all their wrongs?" And seeing Kate kind of come to the realization that. This hero that she has had since she was a little girl that saved her life uh, may not be the hero that she thought he was. And her her kind of coming to terms with that in her mind, but not trying to show it to Yelena and Yelena knowing, like, I got the upper hand on you. Like, you you don't know any of this. I'm telling you now I'm telling you so you can say the fuck out of my way because I'm going to kill him. At the time of their conversation between Elena and Kate in the episode, had Kate figured out that Clint was Ronan? I can't really remember. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think – I think she suspects still because she had said something in the last episode. Well, like, then she asked him straight up like it was you, wasn't it? And he didn't say anything, right? Are we talking about the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. I thought she had basically figured out that he was Ronan. I, I think that it wasn't confirmed, but she knows. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, like she doesn't need him to say it because she's like, I mean, obviously, bro. Right. Uh, but with again, with that being said, I, I don't know that the way that, you, that Florence Pugh comes into that conversation just i don't even know what i'm trying to say it's just so fucking well done like, well, that's all you yeah, can say I, about it I'm, i i mean, do go ahead jeff sorry nate well, i was just gonna say i i do kind of question again we don't know exactly what val told yelena but yelena should or seemingly knows like the type of person val is like she's gonna say what she has to say to get what she wants done yeah i just wonder why yelena shows up and just immediately tries to kill Clint, doesn't do any investigation on her own. Like, Val is shady as shit. She'll tell you what she needs to tell you to get you to kill someone she wants you to kill. I wouldn't just take what Val says at face value. Like, this guy killed your sister. Well, that's weird because they worked together for 20 years and he he saved her life. Why would he all of a sudden decide, like, you know what, I want to kill her now. And Natasha has told Clint that story. Or, sorry, told Elena that story about how Clint chose not to kill her in the 
in Budapest. So I need to know why Yelena all of a sudden, when Val walks up to her, is like, oh, hey, by the way, this guy, I need you to kill him because he killed your sister. Why? She's like, you got it. This would be some high-level intel if Val knew the details of all this, but um, if she did have this information, I could see her playing it off this way and playing on her uh, Yelena's emotions, but obviously they went to the quantum realm and time traveled by themselves to a specific location. No one else was there, and only Clint came back. So with her right. manipulation and deductive reasoning, you could say, well, he only came back, so what do you think happened? Um, Maybe Val... Uh went on a bumble date with the red skull kind of, it came up like between dinner and dessert could be yeah that could be it as well um but kind of going back to what banner was saying earlier he was like i don't i don't know how to say it but like it, it was just played off really well um and what i got from that whole scene was the way it was played off it was mundane situations and conversations but in a humorous manner but in a tense situation so it was a lot of shit yeah because they're like yeah. you only have one fork i'm only one person like just mundane conversations about that and like they're putting <laughs> in humor it's like i know what box mac cheese tastes like it's delicious but then there's the overlining tenseness of the whole situation like i could have killed you right here and they talk about that and she's like i know you don't want to you don't want to kill me because you could have already blah, blah blah so it's like that mix of all that together and you're trying as an audience trying to keep up and be like, what is going on? So it keeps you on your feet and it keeps you guessing and it just makes the whole scene so interesting. And you're asking, who am I rooting for? Because yeah, I actually kind of like all these characters. Yeah. Another thing I had written down is like Yolanda has legitimate excitement. She's not brainwashed anymore. She's in New York for the first time. Like that's not her acting or anything. Well, obviously it's acting, but it's her character isn't acting like that. She's like legitimately excited because she doesn't have all this, all these things in her head as, as being brainwashed and having like one focus. She's like in New York. She's like, oh, fuck, like one of the biggest cities in the world. I want to see all this shit. And so that's like a legitimate excite, excited feeling for her at this point now. Well, and she's yeah. probably not. I mean, she's not used to that because she's been brainwashed what, yeah. her whole life and saying, hey, you go have to do this. You have to do this. Where now. And I think she chose to take on the this assassination job. Yeah, and I think it's a uh, subtle tie-in to Black Widow as well because she she has her uh, not army fatigues, but like the vest she gets, and she's like, "This is the first piece of clothing I've bought for myself." And exactly. I think it, it, it's kind of along the same lines. Like these are all firsts for her, yeah. and she's actually living it as a real human being now. She has this newfound freedom that she doesn't yep. she's never had before, and she's 100%. she's taking full advantage of that. Yep. Also, again, just sort of reiterates my point or my request from last episode of like, please make uh, Yelena Kate's Black Widow partner, like Clint had Natasha, make mm -hmm. them a, make them a team. <clears throat> Not mad right. at it. Yeah. We ready for the best part? Theories and questions. Let's, Let's do it. it. I've got a doozy right, for us. Perfect. Let's go round robin. Uh, my first theory: There's no way Jack was actually arrested. So. This leads to a few things. Is Eleanor working with him? Are the cops crooked? Are they being bought by Jack? Because that whole thing was really fucking weird. And we have not seen enough of that cop yet this series. I think just one time he was on the phone. And he yeah. was actually, if I remember right, he was uh, trying to get Kate to come in. So, like, maybe he was trying to keep Kate off the scent. I don't know. That whole scene, none of it felt right. 
and I guess this might tie into something that Nate mentioned earlier, so you guys might ask it. What's actually Eleanor and Jack's relationship? Are they playing each other or are they working together? Yes. And and that's that's one of the things I had written down. I'm glad you said that. Um, I had written down legitimately. Jack got arrested. Is this a facade? Um, So he's getting arrested. It seemed like Kate walks in. It seems so staged. She's just so framed perfectly in the doorway. Like like they're waiting for her to walk in. Yeah. And and Eleanor says something generic like I looked into him, blah, blah, blah. And but there's no like details or anything. Um, Yeah, I think this is just a facade to make kate feel a little, a little better um like she, she like eleanor is actually heeding her advice um yeah i looked into it and everything um 100 the cops are crooked um and this is just an act um to get uh kate off the scent because in daredevil season one brian correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a long time since i saw it but part of sort of the craziness involving kingpin was which cops he had on his payroll yeah right so yeah. that certainly seems to be his modus operandi uh, in the comics and in the show, in the the Netflix show that we've seen so far. So obviously knowing he might be the head of the snake here, um, or at least we know he's towards the top of the, the pyramid. I mean, that would seem to tie in line perfectly with the way he likes to work. All right, Brian, what else you got? All right. You're just going to have to hang with me here for a little while. Okay. Strap in. Always right. do. First off, I think Val is the one that took the picture of Kingpin and Eleanor. So how did Lana get it? I think that Kingpin and Val are like at the same level doing the same thing, but kind of in different arenas where I know that Val's going to let Kingpin do what Kingpin wants to do, and Kingpin's going to let Val do what Val's going to do. And they're never going to cross paths. They have like a, a gentleman's handshake kind of a thing. So they're not a Venn diagram. They're just two separate circles. Correct. But every once in a while, Kingpin may call Val and be like, hey, I need a favor. Val calls Kingpin. Hey, I need a favor. So they, they scratch each other's back when they need to. But they're the, not specifically rivals. The issue that arises, though, and maybe this can be explained easily. So – at the end of Black Widow, Val is the one who comes up to Yelena and shows her Clint and, and gives her the option of this mission. Mm-hmm. The way Yelena framed her text message to Kate was that Yelena had discovered who hired her. Why would Val withhold that information and then all of a sudden just send her this text message? Like, oh, by the way, you're asking who hired you. I'm glad you asked. I've thought of this. Did you did you set this up this way, Banner? You're like, oh, he's going to ask this question. <laughs> so if you remember in the opening scene when uh yelena is talking to that other black widow chick and Uh that other black widow chick is like yeah hey you can you know get jobs you can get money uh doing this stuff like our skills can still be utilized if you're willing to utilize them more or less so she's saying hey let me hook you up with my person i'm gonna assume that that was val so she's val is just an employer now and yelena is working for her we don't know how much time or how many jobs she has done between coming back from the blip and when she meets Val at the end of Black Widow. No, I get why Yelena would work with Val. What so, I don't get is why Val would picture the job, keep it a secret who hired her, and then randomly send her a text message picture of the person who hired her and now tell her. Because I think that Val is trying to take over Kingpin's enterprise. This is assuming that they're 
that they are are separate. They're, they don't step on each other's shoes. So now Val is saying, hey, I want to take over Kingpin's Enterprise. I got to take him out. So she is set and I told you guys, it's going to be a fucking ride. Okay. I think that Val is, Kazi is working for Val. So Kazi tipped off Ronan and had uh, that attack that killed Maya's dad, right? I believe that Kazi tipped off Ronan, yeah. Correct. So Val, if Kazi is working for Val, Val says to Kazi, hey, you need to tip off Ronan. I need Kingpin to be pissed off at Ronan, and I need them to be going after him. So that Ronan, he's the only dude bad enough that can get to Kingpin and take him out, then I can swoop in and take over all of his his stuff. So this is a big ruse for her to keep her hands clean, but still taking over Kingpin's job. Or all that makes sense, but I still don't see how it's connected to her sending Yelena that picture. I think it's just another it's just another clog in the in the gear. Gears in the clog. <laughs> okay. A cog. Cog. What I say? Clogs. Well, no, clog kind of makes sense too, because like if you know the gears are running smoothly, she wants to fuck them up, I guess. That is a. <laughs> I don't even know where to start on all that. <laughs> I don't. It just doesn't make sense that. Okay. What Val's, about this? Val took that picture. Yolanda took that picture because she was following Eleanor. So also, she, did she take that picture with like a fucking razor phone? That was the worst quality picture I've ever seen. It was like a GoPro G1 uh, generation one. So, you know, God, yeah, it looked like those little, old like a little grainy. It's gross. Yeah. All right. So what about this? What if Val has a monopoly on the assassins? And so Kingpin calls Val and says, hey, I need an assassin. Sure. Here's the money. Bring someone here. Val goes, OK, Yelena, go. So now we have Yelena doesn't know who actually hired her because she just works for Val. And that's why she she wouldn't know. And then she would just send it there because in Yelena's mind, she's working for Val until Kate says, hey, maybe you should look into who if you think Clint is this terrible guy, maybe you should look into who who hired you. And Yelena's like, ah, you might be fucking right about that. No, I agree, it, but that but that was our theory. Yours was that Val all of a sudden had a change of heart and sent Yelena the photo of Eleanor and Kingpin. Well, maybe Elena just asked Val, like, hey, who's who actually who, who actually is paying? You know, I meant and to she ask just, you this. And she just happened to be in like a loft above them to take a picture. Well, maybe it's not Val specifically, but another one of her Oh cronies. God. <laughs> right. Ninety nine percent of this theory is awesome. You just have to let go of the Val sent the photo part. And I think I'm with you 100 percent. Oh, my God. Fine. Val did not send the photo. OK, everything else is great. I agree with all the other <laughs> things you said. I don't like it. Uh, Brian, it is like the the Charlie Day uh, gif where he has like all the pictures and like the strings attaching all yeah. of them. Oh, you should see the lab right now. There's 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 fucking string maps everywhere. I love it. Nate, what do you have? Boy. Uh, you going to be able to follow that up? I don't know, because most of my theories have already been kind of talked about at this point. Mine uh, was like a blob, like absorbing the other theories as he kept going. Yeah. Um, one, one more or less question. I'm not really good at coming up with theories, but... Uh, a question I had, whenever 
Barton and Maya are fighting. He, him as Ronan in this episode. There's some lip reading that she's essentially doing. Um, and the way the captions play out, it seems like there's some ellipses between, and it seems like there may be some things that aren't fully comprehended by the lip reading. Yeah. Um, mm. I feel like there, there there's some things that are missing out, but your boss wanted your father dead as I think part of it is what I had written down, um, which is still interesting. Um, I'm assuming that's Kingpin who ultimately right. called in the hit on her dad. I know um, Banner just said a second ago, he, he touched on Kazi being what would what, you say about Kazi and the hit on her dad? So I think, I think Val is actually who, orchestrated that and not by like actually ordering a hit, but by telling Kazi, Hey, you need to tip Ronan off. So, and we know that Ronan or Clint and Kazi have a relationship because he went in the back of the car and already confronted him once earlier in the season. Well, so no, no, if that constitute a relationship, but well, they made out also. Does that count? Oh, I, you know, I missed that part. It was off camera, but you could tell. Yeah. Kazi's actually pregnant with Clint's baby right now. It was a backseat baby. Hmm. But yeah, for for that, yeah, I, I still think not totally sure I agree on all that because I think Kingpin basically um, put the hit in on her dad for Ronan. Yeah, uh, in the comics, and again, the MCU has taken like variations of comics a lot of times and done, a, I think, a better job in a lot of instances. But Kingpin gets very possessive of Echo, and mm-hmm. he orders a hit on her dad to be killed so he can essentially become her adopted father. I did not know that from the comics, but I support it because it supports yeah. my idea. There you go. <laughs> and I think that's why I was saying the echo series could be a prequel series. Cause that's a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Like the dynamics with Kingpin, her, the track suits, like the jockeying for a position, like him setting up the hit on her father. Like it could end with that Ronan fight and be really yeah. cool. Actually, one thing I do want to interject is it has nothing to do with theories or anything, but you mentioned her, um, and it made me think of the fight scene. It was cool her using her prosthetic leg. It was pretty subtle, but if yeah. you really watch it, yeah. like he hits her leg with the sword, nothing happens. Like, oh, fuck, her prosthetic leg. And mm-hmm. like her already knowing how to use that in fight scenes and things like that. You Use what you got as a weapon, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I have a question. What do you think will make Yelena realize she's being used and Clint didn't really kill Natasha? Or will that not even happen? Because I don't really feel like when she sees Clint again, she's going to give him a chance to explain things. I think Kate is going to have a big thing to do with that. I mean, how do... I'm so fucking confused by a lot of this, too, and kind of conflicted as well, because... Like we said, they used the quantum realm. They went back in time. Clint and Natasha went to this fucking planet, and only he came back. He is literally the only person that actually knows what happened. Right. So how is he going to explain that away or, like, convince people that, like, look, no, I I was the one that was going to jump off the fucking cliff. This may, be a, this may be a long shot because this would be a – huge pull in and I haven't seen any rumors or anything on this because, but the people who believe him right now, who know the full story, all the Avengers, um, if there's somehow an Avenger that gets pulled into episode six, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Uh, that'd be cool though. But yeah. that would be cool. And those are the people who truly trust, like 
all the Avengers, they like fully understood like what happened and believed him and knew his story was true when he came back. Um, but other than that, it may just be, I don't know. It'll, it'll take a lot of him convincing her um, of the truth. Um, but yeah, I don't have a good grasp on how that's going to play out. You just got to say, look at my body of work. She was my partner for basically 20 years. I saved her life to get her out of the Black Widow. I was like, why all of a sudden would I just decide that I wanted to kill her? It doesn't make yeah. any fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, Banner, you got anything else? No, I'm still trying to figure out my own theory. <laughs> so I just want to do, uh, I mean, it's this, it's the season, possibly season finale, definitely the, or sorry, series finale, I mean, definitely season finale, obviously, next week. Let's uh, let's just do a Deadpool. I think Eleanor dies and Kazi will die. Who do you guys think is going to kick the bucket? Um, I think Jack's gone. He's a goner. Interesting. I, I don't know at whose hand yet. Um, because in some previous episodes, I kind of was trying to set it up to make Maya hate him for some reason. I haven't pieced right. that together yet. It doesn't look like it's playing out how I originally had anticipated. Um, but I could see him getting in the way because he's still a, a, a puzzle piece in this whole thing. Um, and I think Maya could definitely knock him off if she gets if he gets in the way of her ultimate goal. Yeah, no, actually, fuck my whole other theory. I've got a new one for you. Oh, God. Jack, Jack called in the hit because Jack wants to take over that. No, uh, he didn't. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, I'm I was going to kill Jack. You can explain it further, but, like, Eleanor made the call. It just makes too much sense. Yeah. No, no, the hit on Maya's dad. Oh, sorry. My bad. Yeah. yeah no, I did, a, I did not explain what I was talking about. My bad. I started fucking talking like you guys could read my mind. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't want this person to die, but I'm kind of worried grills might get killed. Dude, I was kind of thinking as I, I rewatched it today and I was like, they've kind of like sprinkled him in and like know, they're making him such us a like likable character. Oh, Take him God. away from us. Those fuck faces. He'll try and come in at like the last second and like be a hero. It's setting up too perfect. I know. I know. And it's like LARPing costume. And he'd be like, oh, God, and I'll be watching the screen like grills. Get out of here. This isn't your fight. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. I think I think Jack called in the hit on Maya's dad through Kazi. Because uh, and also why why did was it Armand? Is that his name? Why did Jack kill him? So Jack is Maya's boss then, ultimately. I it just playing out because Ronan was like, Your boss, you called yeah. in this hit on your dad. It's tough to piece together. I think he killed Armand because Armand was I mean, we definitely see him giving Eleanor shit, but I think he might have been kind of creeping in on figuring out their whole uh, little plan. Also, he was trying. I, we don't know why they need the Rolex, which it's weird that none of us even have a theory about that, because I, I think we exhausted all our guesses last week. But Armand was kind of creeping in on trying to get the Rolex, too, which they can't. Yeah, have. I think Fury is still a, a strong possibility. But, yeah, it's, it, it's good you brought that up back up, because, like, there was no movement on the watch this episode. Which is kind yeah. of weird because it was such a big focal point in episode four. It's kind of crazy when I went back and like revisited this episode. I was like, this is not a complaint, but not that much happened, really. It was mainly just like the Yelena Kate stuff. And it was still my favorite episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't There's, I don't get it. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, a lot. I mean, 
a lot of character development, a lot of emotional development for characters for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, last one I had, how much Kingpin do you think we will get in the finale? And do you, do you think Maya will call him on his bullshit or is that something down the line, either in her show or a future property? I think the bullshit is going to be called because I think that's one of the stronger theories I have is that if Kingpin is her ultimate boss, she he put in the call on her dad. And it makes sense with, I think, what Van was saying, um, trying to get closer to, to Maya. Um, but that that's kind of turning in the right direction for that conflict to, to really happen. And I think I think he'll be in it quite a bit. I mean, they, they gave the tease one episode at the end. I think it'll be full-fledged in episode six. I hope. How about you, Banner? I think it's going to be very similar to Jonathan Majors coming in at the end of Loki. I think it's going to be very, very heavy him. And I honestly think that if we D'Onofrio wasn't already Kingpin in the Marvel series and we didn't know D'Onofrio was in it, they may have kept that a complete secret just like they did Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. in Loki. And it's going to follow that kind of that same template where I would say 65% of the finale is going to be Kingpin. Uh, We're going to get caught up on his story, where he's at, why he's there. And then uh, him and and Clint and Kate possibly having some sort of showdown with him or some sort of confrontation. I wonder if Yelena knows who Kingpin is. Like if she's when she took that photo, if she not like if she if that the guy even registers to her. I don't want to I don't want to drag this out more because it could go down a rabbit hole. But, yeah, that makes that brings up another question. Like she says, oh, I know who put the call in for the hit. So, like, what does she know about the background yeah. between Eleanor and Kingpin at this point? She has what to know did, something. And what? did Eleanor did Eleanor call Kingpin or did Eleanor call Val? I well, still, uh, I still think she calls Val, but she could have called the Kingpin, I guess. I don't know. But what did she see or hear in that exchange with Eleanor when she was trailing her that she's like, "Oh, you're the one who wanted me to kill Clint Barton." But I just can't ultimately see Kingpin getting the call and then it going to Val because I'm still convinced Val is the top of the pyramid. Yeah, or at least I, I don't know which one of you said this, but at least Val is like the. Uh, the pimp for all the assassins. Like if you want someone killed and you don't want it fucked up, you have to go through Val. Yeah. Especially if Val is recruiting all of the ex black widows. Yeah. And she's Mm -hmm. like Angie's list for black widows. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you don't, if you don't have at least a four and a half star on your assassination, you you might as well just not even get it i mean you might as well just yeah you're gonna up. be scraping the bottom of the barrel start making fucking but i sandwiches. would read the reviews guys some of those one-star reviews people's complaints are you know yeah like oh they didn't answer the phone okay that doesn't mean they don't do a good job they maybe they were in the middle of murdering me. when you called yeah. them like jesus yeah i mean i really feel like if you're gonna call in a hit it's either zero stars or five stars like are they dead yes five stars are they not dead <laughs> No, they're still alive. Zero stars. <laughs> it's really not that difficult. That is like, ah, great. you're only like, hey, I chopped off his arm. Like, that's worth at least a star. Yeah, what's a three-star assassination? I killed the fucking guy. I don't understand. Give me three stars. To me, that's a great note to end on. There <laughs> it's, it is. It's Brian's it. assessment of how you rate someone being assassinated. 
All right, last thoughts before we head on to the final episode of Hawkeye, Nate. Um, I didn't know Florence Pugh was British. Dude, she has a uh, YouTube show where she reviews foods, and it's, like, incredible. There's well, one where she eats 12 <laughs> British breakfast foods. It's really funny. She's, well, I, you just took up the rest of my night because you know how much I love watching YouTube. So, <laughs> damn it. It is worth it, I promise. <laughs> It's really good. She's hilarious. You don't have to convince me much. I'm going to watch it. So <laughs> thank you. That's yeah. all my, that's all I have. <laughs> Banner, how about you? Uh, I'm, I think I've said this at the end of every episode, but I'm very excited to see how this is going to end. Uh, like I said earlier, I think this is the best executed uh, MCU show that we've gotten so far. I don't think it's my favorite. Um, and it's definitely not the most unique uh idea for a show but it is the best executed best acted top to bottom i think wow nice i don't disagree uh all right guys for the american hero nate thurman and the mad scientist brian banner i'm the mayor jeff hornacek we are the bro four squad podcast thank you guys for checking us out and all of our reviews of hawkeye with the finale being on the 22nd uh i'm not sure when we'll be able to crank out our finale review just because of the holidays and all that stuff but We'll get it to you soon, and we are very excited to see how this thing ends. 59-minute runtime on that finale, too. Fuck yes. Good. I always like to hear that. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Bro4Squad. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, anywhere else you find your podcast, if you type in Bro4Squad as three separate words and check out everything that we post on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, we got to go make box mac and cheese. Nate, I think I told you this, but Zach Braff and Florence Pugh are dating also. You may have, but I forgot. That's amazing. And they're like pretty fucking serious, too. What's the age difference there? Pretty big. 25 years? No. What'd you say? 25.